All right. Um, so I should be recording if you can hear me okay. Um, hi, everybody. My name is Graydon Schmeckenbecker, um, and I'm here with Tina. Um, and Tina's going to be asking me some questions about the makers movement and the DIY movement. Um, and I'm going to be talking to Tina a little bit about um, music education and the double bass. If you want to get started, Tina. Yeah, great. Thanks. Thanks, Grady. My first question for you is if you can talk a little bit about your major and what inspires you about the makers movement or DIY or both. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I am a political science major here at JMU. Um, and it's kind of a little obscure to think of a way in which um, political science is immediately connected uh, with the makers movement or DIY movement since they seem like something that um, are so far removed from each other. Um, yeah. and I think that's one of the reasons why I actually really, really enjoy and am drawn to the makers movement. Um, kind of to polar opposites, but coming into college and kind of deciding what I wanted to do with my future. Um, my one path and um, interest was always architecture, um, engineering, hands-on building kind of things. Um, and then totally opposite end of the spectrum was um, political science, government and law. Um, so I think that the makers movement is kind of like a little way for um, people in general, not just me, um, to kind of get the chance to be creative and hands on, which I think is really, really awesome. That's really interesting how you've kind of found two passions um, within two different subjects like political science and then the, the DIY makers movement. Is there any intertwining between those things have you come across or do you like keeping them separate as kind of like separate things you are you're passionate about absolutely um i feel like the makers movement is definitely something that can kind of be applied to anything that you're doing and studying mm -hmm. um as it's not just diy and building ikea furniture and looking up yeah. things on pinterest um i really feel like it's something that can be applied to anything i mean it's more so just a um a movement back towards kind of getting away from capitalism in a sense um, and putting the power back in the consumer's hands to create the things that they want to see created themselves, which is really, really cool. Um, so looking at it through that lens and that aspect um, of sort of like a capitalist society with consumers, producers, um, prosumers, um, I feel like that all kind of ties into each other and ties into political science. That's really awesome how you take this like historical approach and kind of use it to like get it a, a you version of the perspective of like DIY and political science. It's really cool how you see it, how you combine them. My next question for you is how has being involved with DIY and your knowledge of the makers movement grown your sense of individuality and creativity? Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I feel like, again, being a college student, um, while individuality and creativity is something that is kind of expected and preached about in a sense, um, it's also something that's hard to um, actually enforce and enact when you're in certain classes um, where you're constantly listening to a lecture, taking a test, listening to a lecture, taking a test. Um, Excuse me. So I feel like the makers movement, um, the DIY movement is kind of just a way for 
you to actually get hands-on and actually get to experience the creativity and individuality Mm -hmm. um, that might be absent from the schooling aspect of your life of course Mm -hmm. um, unless you're in a major like graphic designs uh, mad something where you actually do get to work hands-on daily um, for people who might be in something like the health sciences program, like the liberal yeah. liberal arts program, um, creativity and indiv- individuality can seem often really far removed from what you're studying. Um, so it's kind of given me the opportunity to look outside the box and just kind of reclaim the creativity that I enjoy. That's really cool. Thanks, Grady. Okay, my last question for you is what do you think about the idea of consuming things already done, um, how you want them? Kind of how you mentioned in your presentation about how people get things and whether or not that kind of kills off creative drive because they see something that is already done for them and that kind of like, um, that kind of accounts for whatever they wanted to do creativity already without them having to do it. So what what do you think about the idea of consuming things already done killing off um, creativity or whether through viewing content online or buying something pre-made? What do you think about that? Absolutely. Um, So that's definitely a topic that has a ton of different sides to it and something that I kind of go back and forth on. Mm -hmm. Um, I think on one end of the spectrum that it's really, really awesome in a sense when smaller businesses tap into Um, kind of this idea of handmade products and items. Um, Maybe Etsy shop sellers are making or crocheting um, handmade items to sell online. I feel like that not only allows the the sellers and the small businesses to get creative, um, but I also feel like it gives people a chance um, who might not necessarily have the time to be creative in their daily life and have the time to sit down and actually work hands-on I feel like it also gives them the ability to kind of consume those items um, that they might not get to. Uh, But on the other hand, I think when it comes to bigger companies um, kind of tapping into that uh, DIY movement, I feel like that in a sense does kind of defeat the purpose um, because I think that in so many ways they're profiting off of Um, smaller businesses, more individualistic ideas. Um, And I think that kind of robs people of the ability to then pursue those passions and those careers on their own. Um, But again, at the same time, I think that for people who are truly um, creative and want to seek out hands-on creativity and individualism, Mm -hmm. I feel like that is something that they are going to be able to do um, regardless of if big companies and capitalism is involved in it. Um, I feel like there is always a way um, to get more creative and to get more individual. I'm really struggling with that. (laughs) The word individuality. (laughs) And to get more individualistic Uh, individualistic. um, with everything that you do, so. Wow, Um, also just like a quick follow-up to that. Do you think that, um, I guess like capitalists and big, big companies have taken that like taking DIY and taking small handmade um, pleasures from like average people and then just thought it was something relatable and then decided to capitalize on that do you think do you think that's what happened like, is that what happened historically um, I think 
absolutely in some senses. Mm -hmm. um, it's hard because I'm not a business major and I don't really <laughs> think outs of like how a business is run, how ideas are um, conceptualized and how things kind of come to be. Um, but I think that a large part of big companies and big businesses is kind of tapping into what the consumer wants and expects out of the items that they're buying um, at a certain point in time. Um, so I think that that is potentially um, why they steer in that direction. Um, but again, I'm not 100% sure. Oh, cool. Thanks for your insight, Brady. Really, really cool. um, and I have some questions for you. Great, great. Um, so my first question is, what made you want to get involved um, in the double bass and just music in general? I uh, started playing piano when I was five. And that was kind of like my main instrument growing up. I just took piano lessons. I wasn't that good um, initially. Um, I would kind of try to cheat by like reading through note cards to see what the answers to like, oh, what is this note? Um, but then when I got to elementary school, I was like taller than everybody else and it was time to pick an instrument. And I was like, oh, I'll just pick that one, the, the big string instrument, because I'm taller. And I guess like, oh, it's fitting for a tall person. But like I, later on, I found out you didn't need to do that. You didn't need to be a tall person to play the bass. Um, and then actually, I ended up playing French horn that year. And then I switched back to the bass in middle school and I started taking private lessons. And I guess through those private lessons, like the teacher would say, oh, you got to sign up, try signing up for all county orchestra and just go out and do things, put yourself out there. That's kind of what I did. And then by the time I got to senior year, I had become so involved with music outside of school because I really focused on science in school that I was like, well, I don't want to give up music in college because I feel like I've put so much time into it already that I don't want to not kind of award myself or reward myself for like doing that throughout these last couple of years. So I decided to apply as a music major, um, just give myself like that final push, like of auditions and like the hardest auditions of my life at that time. So yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of how I got started. Now, now I'm here. So. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That is so commendable. I think, um, <laughs> I think I have been on my own little journey trying to tap into musical instruments. Oh yeah. Um, we have a baby grand piano in my living room. So I grew up with my mom playing that. Um, mm -hmm. And it is just not something that I could pick up. Um, my brother <laughs> yeah. multiple guitars. Um, <laughs> that's not something I could pick up either. So I think that people who are musically inclined, that is like truly um, an amazing talent. That's really kind of you to say, Grady. But my second question is, um, in your presentation, you looked a little bit at um, Sam and how yeah. working with him has been. Um, and I thought it was really kind of cool how you introduced him as a person and kind of like all the things he did. And then you flipped the slide and it was like, and now he's a professor here at JMU and I actually get to work with him. Um, so I kind of just wanted to hear a little bit more about how it's been working with someone like Sam personally. Yeah, um, it's been so exciting working with Sam. I feel so lucky because it's so rare to have a professor of such kind of fame in the double bass world at a, at a school like JMU where it's kind of close to my house and it's not a big conservatory. Um, so I just felt so lucky that I could study with him, especially like he riding his fame of winning that big 
competition he won in the viral Daft Punk video. And after that, everybody saw his playing, like, I want to play like that teacher. And kind of like one of the things you use, to, like kind of philosophy you use to pick a school for college if you want to major in music is find the teacher you want to work with and be like and learn from. And that's where you want to go. So of all the colleges I applied to, I was like, I really want to study with Sam. So he has definitely given me insight into how he performs and his extended techniques, like every everything that really blows your mind. I've gotten to see basically every day when I learn with him, he'll he'll take my bass and be like, let me show you something and then show me how he does it. I'm like, oh, I, I want to do that. And then I work on it that week. Um, he's just so smart and he's so authentic. Too. That's why I, I really like learning from him because he has such an authentic brand and style. He's so well versed in every musical genre from classical to jazz. And that's another great aspect about him as a teacher. You can like come to him one day like, oh, can you help me with this Verdi Othello excerpt? And then next day be like, oh, I need help in my combo. Like, please help me. And he's just so great in that way. So he's so available. So that's why I really, I really love learning with him. And you can also like study piano. He's a pianist too, so I come to him. We've been working on um, things that have to do with partimenti, which is like a, the harmonization of bass lines based on the work of Robert Yurtigan. It's just really cool. He's just so well-rounded. It's kind of like if you're playing like an Olympic games and um, you look at the athletes like, oh, who's the most well-rounded? Like Sam is one of the most well-rounded bassists of this generation. So it's just really cool to work with him here. That's incredible. And since I'm not super well versed in the music world, um, it's like not something that I knew was happening on JMU's campus. Um, mm -hmm. I really liked kind of like learning about the fact that we had someone like that on campus. Um, so that was really, really cool. And it sounds like he's awesome. And I think it's really cool also how you point out the fact that working, especially in the music world, mm -hmm. um, you made a really good point about how you like to almost like pick who's the best in that field and train and work under them um, and use them to kind of help you discover your own voice. Um, so kind of in that vein, my last question for you would just be, how do you um, personally attempt to express creativity in the double bass when you're playing? Oh, such a, such a great question. <laughs> Thanks, Grady. Um, I try to express creativity through demonstrating in a performance to my audience. I have to think about my, who my audience is. And I have to say, okay, well, I want to project that I know what I'm doing in my technique, that I know the music, I know the score, I know my part. If I'm being accompanied, I know the accompanist part. I know the historical relevancy of the part. And then by knowing like kind of like all the foundations of what you're doing, then from there, you can blow that up and maybe do something that's not expected, like using harmonics in a Baroque concerto or a classical concerto to amplify the resonance of the bass that maybe hasn't been done before. And that's what Sam actually helped me do last year. Um, I was in the concerto competition and I made it to the finals. And I remember he told me, like, I want you to play cadenzas that I wrote for this Dittersdorf concerto. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to play Sam's cadenzas like it's probably going to be so hard and unattainable for me but I realized that what he did was he took the basics of the concerto like the basic form and the basic harmonic structures and he built on that by 
using things that were idiomatic to the bass that would make it sound very impressive, but also make sense. So I think that's, that's how he's been helping me see how to be creative, is by taking what makes sense on the bass and then using that to take something to the next level by making the bass more resonant, you know, taking a composition and changing it up so that it can use extended techniques in that way. So that's, that's, that's how I'm created with the bass, kind of like looking at what, what my foundations are and then how can I exaggerate those foundations so that it's kind of unexpected, but also tasteful in the style, you know? I think that's so insightful, Tina, um, especially I've, I'm big into listening to music, um, yeah. although I'm not necessarily great at playing it. Um, mm-hmm. Basic music taste as far as my um, taste in music goes, but I look and listen to um, a lot of interviews with famous musicians right yeah. now, um, and they resonate almost exactly what you've said, um, that they grow up and kind of build their structure around a certain um, kind of foundation, um, getting to know about music in general, getting to know about certain notes and keys, um, mm-hmm. and building their creativity off of that. So I think that's that's awesome. Yeah, um, that you. is all my questions for you. Wonderful. It was so great talking to you. Thank you for your questions and thank you for your amazing answers about DIY and your major and your passions and your knowledge. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. And thank you for educating me more about the double bass and music because it is something that I'm super interested in, um, but do not know very much about. So thank you. It's my pleasure. Yes, thank you.